You're listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into today's episode. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of Worshipology. I'm so excited because uh, not only one person is on the other end of this line, but we've got two amazing worship leaders, uh, Brad and Rebecca. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. We're doing well. <laughs> now, I, I met you guys, let's see, I guess we were both in the D.C. area. Yes. And uh, of course, you guys have been traveling most of your ministry life, if I'm correct. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, most no, t- of our t- ministry t- married life. Yes, exactly. <laughs> good, good call on that. Um, now, tell me a little bit about your guys' story. I mean, just for those who are listening, if you haven't heard of Brad and Rebecca, uh, a couple that leads worship all over the place. They do incredible things with missions, and we're going to get into all that. You've got a brand new record out called Life Again, and we're going to chat about that. But man, just kind of tell our listeners, how did you guys get started in ministry and, and in worship in particular? Well, uh, I grew up in the church, and so did Rebecca. Um, For me, it was wanting to be part of the worship team, and uh, I had a good friend that was gracious enough to teach me four chords at a time um, (laughs) for that that weekend's set. You know, every once in a while, it'd be a special chord in there that we'd have to learn, Um, and (laughs) kind of just threw me right into it. So it was, uh, you know, probably four or six weeks of like starting to learn how to play guitar. Next thing you know, I was up there singing alongside him and uh, struggling along. (laughs) Um, But that just kind of birthed the passion inside of me. And I think uh, woke something up that I wasn't probably even thinking about really until, um, until I started doing that. Man. And how old were you when you got started, Brad? Probably 14. Okay. What's, what's your story, Rebecca? What, what, what kind of like led you into singing and how did you discover that gift? Yeah. So my dad was a music pastor back in, back in the day, the old school, like we do the choir and the, the worship set and the musicals nice. with the full orchestras and stuff. So I was, um, I was immersed in that. I grew up in that environment, um, in the church. I didn't really want to be like a a pastor's wife, you know, necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was just, um, I fell in love with just ministry, like in worship and, and experiencing the presence of God in that and helping usher other people into that place as well. And then in Mm -hmm. college, I was studying music and still not really knowing like if I was going to do that as a career. And mm. God just kind of spoke to me and we were ministering at a, at a pastor's event and he was like, this is, this is what I made you to do. So mm. I'd been singing since I was young. I loved singing. I loved, I love all aspects of singing. Um, but there's that passion in the worship setting because it makes, wow. makes a difference on an eternal level. Now, did you guys meet each other in college we did, yeah, yeah. We were both studying music at North Central University up in Minneapolis. Oh yeah, yeah. Great, that's cool. Now, did you guys like when you first started dating? Were you singing together like Disney style, and you just realized, hey, this could actually go deeper than just <laughs> a dating relationship? It was a whole new world. <laughs> oh. oh, oh, let's go, let's go. <laughs> uh, it was a Jasmine Aladdin moment, yeah. and you knew that you'd be together forever. <laughs> I mean. 
in college, I did lead worship on a rug all the time. Oh, so that's true. Super nice. appropriate. Yeah. And, and when the spirit moved powerfully, that rug began to levitate. <laughs> oh. Oh. Wow. We have taken a left turn. Um, yeah, we, you know, we were, I had a, I had a worship team that was all guys and, uh, there was like a little bit of flack for like not having any girls involved. And Rebecca walked by the lunch table at the right time and guitar player said, Hey, Becca sings. And we asked her if she wanted to sing. I was just the token girl, you know, they needed a token girl and I passed by at the right time. And you know, then we all realized how much better she was than all of us. So (laughs) that worked out well. Yeah. Right. Well, it's interesting because, you know, sometimes you'll hear couples sing together and you know, God bless him. The blend is not there, but man, for you guys, you know, you've got the right tone, the right blend, and it worked out. And uh, I just think that's amazing. And then, you know, how long have you guys been married? Because now you've got two kids. Uh, you're on staff at a church. You're traveling around everywhere. We've been married 16 years. And uh, 16 years. Yeah. Yeah. We have a 10 year old and a six year old. Mm-hmm. Nice. And yeah, we. We, when we graduated, we went on staff at a church. Well, Brad went on staff at a church for a couple of years. And then mm-hmm. um, God just opened up the doors to start traveling. Wow. In different Talk to me about that. Talk to me about that a little bit. Like, how did you guys, like, how did that start? Like, um, <laughs> because you guys have been doing this for a long time. And I don't know many worship leaders that have as many southwest miles racked up as you guys uh, <laughs> you guys get like star treatment when you go on an airplane in southwest so i mean how did you guys first uh figure out the traveling thing and and maybe more importantly that that was something that you really had a passion for well um like a lot of times in life you have a plan and then it changes um we had a plan Always. we were uh, on staff at a church and uh, we just we really felt god calling us out from where we were um, which is mm. kind of, you know, for me personally, wasn't easy. Um, longevity was something that um, I've seen in my dad at his church, and he's been there 39 years. And um, just in my mind, it was like, you go to a church, you're there. And to feel mm-hmm. very clearly that we were supposed to step out um, really took me some time to process. Um, but then, as God does, he provided the opportunities to uh, step out. And we thought we were going on staff somewhere else, and that didn't work out. Um, and we had a job and then we didn't have a job. So, th- so it kind of became this like <laughs> means of survival. Honestly, we started Google mapping cities and we would, you know, Google map, like, you know, Springfield, Virginia and search for nearby churches and, uh, grab the senior pastor, worship pastor, youth pastor, email addresses, and then write an email that said, um, hi, pastor. So-and-so we are husband and wife worship leaders, Brad and Rebecca. We're going to be in your area, you know, quotes, um, if you book us basically, <laughs> will be in your yeah, area right. and um, <laughs> for travel expenses and a love offering and, you know, a link to our unreleased yet uh, acoustic record that we recorded in our apartment. And, Amazing. Uh, you know, that was, <laughs> that's how we started. So um, wow. it, it just, and it just kind of snowballed after that. We, uh, our first year on the road, mm-hmm. we had four weekends off um, wow. and then two weekends off. And then we went three years without a weekend off and a, wise pastor pulled me aside and said, uh, you should give your wife a vacation. Oh, <laughs> so yes. Smart pastor, smart, very smart pastor. Yep. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, how do you balance travel ministry? Cause you know, it seems to me like, you know, and as somebody who does travel out about once a month, you know, that that's, 
balance can be a tricky word. I don't know if it, it might be more like, how do you find the right rhythm? But, you know, you're planted in a local church at home, leading consistently there, but then also on the road quite a bit. What does that look like for you guys on a monthly and weekly basis? You know, it's uh, at one point it was pretty much just always travel. That was um, when we were first mm-hmm. married for the first five, six years. It was pretty much just out every weekend. And we had some, you know, relationships and contracts with churches in the D.C., Pennsylvania area that gave us a little bit of consistency. And that was uh, just an answer to prayer. But then, mm. um, you know, out here now where we are in Arizona, we have a contract with a church and they're extremely generous with you know, how many weekends we can be there or how many weekends we don't have to be there depending on how our season of life is. Um, so some seasons mm-hmm. have been, we need to be home, we need to be uh, dealing with health stuff or just working on, you know, what we do overseas or a new record. And then some seasons like we're in now just are uh, a few too many calls of, hey, so can we adjust this weekend because <laughs> the new record <laughs> dropped and now there's some bookings that are coming. And um, they're extremely gracious and um, helpful with that and and just cheering us on. So we appreciate that. Talk to me a little bit about community, because I know that's a huge thing, whether you're traveling or at home, it's such a vital thing. You guys have community within your team. I'm sure like the the musicians that you guys travel with, it seems pretty consistent, but also being rooted in the local church is such a, is such a key factor with family and you guys have kids. And what does that look like for you guys, community, how they surround you guys when you're home or when you're on the road? Yeah. So we didn't always take advantage of, of that situation here just because we were on the road and gone and people just, you know, not really know our schedule, but our church has um, neighborhood groups, which is huge. Um, mm. So more recently, we've been able to get ourselves involved in, a, in the neighborhood group locally here. And you're right. That's that's exactly what happens is they we surround each other during, um, you know, times that we just need we need that community support. Like, for instance, a, a, a 11 p.m. airport pickup. <laughs> Brad will send out a text to the to the dads who are still awake Hey, anybody up for a, an 11 p.m. Right. airport, you know, after delays or whatnot have happened in our travel day. Um, mm. But yeah, getting involved in a neighborhood group um, for us, because CCB, where we are in Arizona, is a huge church. And yeah. that small network base is, is vital. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you can mm. get lost, even, even within the music community, because there's just so many and so many are just busy. Um, and then on, as far as like the music team here, like we do play with, um, the musicians on somewhat regular basis and we get to see them and it's been a while. It's like, Hey, how are you, how have you been catching up? And, and the music team, um, is pretty good about getting the word out if someone's in need. Um, especially, mm-hmm. yeah, when we've, when we've had times where we need people to come and, um, be support. And especially through COVID as well, there was mm-hmm. that network that oh, gosh, really yeah. surrounded each other. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even imagine. What did that look like for you guys since you do so many travel dates on the road when COVID hit? Was it just like, hey, we're just going to plan ourselves here <laughs> and immerse ourselves? Or, I mean, you know, at some point it's like we can't even leave the house. So, yeah, what did that look like for you guys? It was, um, I think, not to say just another, but it was another moment where we didn't really have an option but to trust in what God was going to do in his provision Mm. for us. And I'm so thankful that, um, you know, my 
makeup is to try and fix things immediately. And there was, there was just nothing. <laughs> there yeah, was nothing yeah. to do except wait on, you know, whatever decision. The problem solver and everybody kind of <laughs> took a back seat during right. that season. Um, and it was just, it was really cool to see. I think obviously a lot of people, you know, will always talk about the time they had with their family. I think that was a beautiful thing mm. for us, which, you know, we have a lot of time with our family, but it's like, hey, we're going, hey, we're going, get on the plane, we got to go, yeah. you know, it's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of that. And this was just dedicated home time. And then um, our church was just really uh, mindful, you know, of the situations for everyone, whether it be musician or contract worship leader, and just, um, they did a great job at taking care of us and so many people. And, um, and then we just yeah. had some... Some of those God moments that you don't expect when you open the mail, let's be honest. Uh, and, wow. And that was uh, some great provision for us. And then we got to do some live streams for churches, and they were, uh, again, just, I think, trying to not burn out their team. And uh, in the mean, mm-hmm. it, in, it blessed us <laughs> in return. Um, so it was it was cool. It was a weird season. I think we'll all always remember. Um, but I think the biggest thing is remember how many times we just sat around the table at night and had dinner together, which for us is a a rarity sometimes, man. I tell you what, I mean, I look back on 2020 and just remember it with those kind of like special moments with the family. I mean, out on the back deck, the whole world took a uh, timeout and it did feel like you got a lot of more, uh, just personal time with with family and and all that stuff and you know Rebecca you you hit on this briefly with the idea of like just community being fostered in musicians and it's like whenever you see the same musicians like hey man let's catch up there's something there's something unique I've found through the years and I know you guys it seems like we've been leading worship kind of parallel journeys like as far as just how long we've been leading worship and in ministry and it's like there's something special with worship teams where you can always pick up right at right where you left off and you know when you're kind of a consistent present in different churches you know you guys had kind of some consistency with different churches all around the country it's like popping in and seeing an old family member what is it about worship teams that just kind of like it seems like all of the guard goes down uh, for good and for bad, maybe. Um, but it is kind of like that family around the table of like, hey, how are you guys doing? What has that been like for you guys, especially with different band members? And, and you know, we both know Andrew and Leah Young really well. You guys have traveled with them. Yep. Um, it does seem like there's something unique in the worship culture where you're able to just pick right up where you left off. What has that been like for you guys? Um, I think like with musicians and then take that to the next level of like, that church, that church musician and ministry musician, mm-hmm. you get together and you're like, these are my people, you know? Mm, <laughs> and when yeah. you have that, that sense, you drop the guards, you talk about all the things you have in common and what you've mm. been dealing with in the meantime, it's a safe place to kind of mm-hmm. lay your emotions raw because you're, you're with a fellow creative type too. So you deal with some of the same emotional just stuff um mm-hmm. so yeah i think the the guards go down a lot um and we've had we've had that I mean, we've been able to form relationships um with fellow worship leaders as as well as just like worship teams at other churches you you do you get together and it is like you're with family and the mm. the shoulders you know relax a little bit like hey <laughs> I know your face. Well, and I'll say that I'll say this about you guys. You know, you do have a special knack, both of you, for putting the right people in the room at the right time. And you know, I've had the 
the opportunity to go on one of the trips to Uganda with you guys. And it was like, you know, you're in a room with 30 other creatives and it's like, man, like with this many uh, creative minds in the room, things could go really south. But somehow, like with that common mission, and I think you guys do a really good job of keeping people on mission uh, when it comes to those trips that you organize, um, you just you just do a great job of like just keeping people kind of focused on the task at hand. And when that happens, you don't have op- opportunities really to like get sideways energy or, you know, track on the <laughs> little things. And I mean, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, like you guys have a special thing going on with missions and worship and Watoto. Um, and I mean, you know, when it comes to missions and worship, um, the whole idea of music with a mission, those those two things don't always collaborate in the way that I think Jesus is super uh, passionate for. I mean, missions and worship, two pillars of the Christian faith. You guys carry it well. Talk about how did you guys get started uh, on that journey with Watoto and just being an advocate for those who maybe don't have a voice. I call those uh, dangerous thought prayers. Um, <laughs> it's when you're... D- thinking about wanting to do something, but you haven't like officially laid this before, you know, the foot of the cross and, and said, God, you know, we'd really like to do this. Um, so we were having one of those thought prayers, um, just, Hey, we'd love to see the worship that we sing, like extend past the walls of the church. This was back in 2009 Mm. summer. And lo and behold, three days later, I got a phone call. Actually it was a Facebook message, um, from a good buddy of ours, you know him, Wayne Thomas, um, and yeah. he asked, he said, Hey, would you, uh, I just moved my family over to Uganda and would you help provide musical instruments for these amazing kids? Told me all about the ministry. He said, they're, they're super talented, but they just don't have the resources for instruments. And a lot of stuff is duct taped together. And uh, I was mm-hmm. like, well, you know, we were, we were looking for something and, uh, basically we're just, we can give a portion of CD sales and we, and that's when CDs were like selling, you know, you could actually <laughs> yeah. go to an Back event in the day, live off of that. Um, <laughs> So uh, that's what we did for two years, and then we went and fell in love with the organization, and uh, just mm. had such a heart to do something not to do something more. So we wrote a song with a guy named James Teeley uh, called "The Heart of the Father," and went back and recorded mm-hmm. it with them, and brought back some necklaces, um, paper bead necklaces. We brought fifty of them, thinking we'd raise a little extra money, and we sold them all in the first weekend. So that wow. was great, <laughs> and then that wow. just kind of. Uh, kept going. Uh, they would send more and more necklaces and we'd sell more and more. And I think the first year we sold $30,000 worth of necklaces and, um, mm, everyone was like, amazing. wow, okay, this is, this is working. And, uh, yeah. at the end of that year, they had, um, we were in Uganda at a big celebration for Watoto and someone had given us a little bit of an extra check for the work that was doing there. And they said, Hey, I said, what do you want to do? And they're like, we, well, the instruments are great, but can you bring people? And I was like, Yes, Mm. we can bring people. And I think back, you know, that was June of 2014 and May of 2015, we did the first camp and how like (laughs) how simple it was yet Mm -hmm. what now, you know, we just went in May of 2022 and had 26 people, which was more than double the first team that went. And uh, now in so many additional categories, including the art of coffee, which, um, Nice. Sorry, Curtis, you missed out when on the trip. We, uh... <laughs> hey, I, I, if there's anybody that's passionate about really great coffee, it is Brad. It is Brad all the way. Yeah, that's a. That's this a guy good... will not let you go to a Dunkin' Donuts if you're in the same hometown as he is. <laughs> nope. Um, so uh, just to see how far, like that, just that humble, like first time we went, and took 
10 teachers and a couple wives with us. And, and now it's like this, they have a full on academy that runs year round. They have curriculum from four year old all the way through university. Um, it's now like part of the way the church operates and to all of their mm-hmm. campuses and worship. Um, I'm just like, man, I, that was a, just a little thought prayer that we had back in 2009. Just, we'd love to give some mm-hmm. money to help worship somewhere outside of the walls of the church. <laughs> you know, like, wow. That was, wow. and that's, I love that. You know, I love that it was so simple and, and if all it was was instruments and that would be cool too, you know, but, um, mm-hmm. we've been so, so blessed and honored to, um, put people together in a room, uh, that I feel like we have no <laughs> right leading and they're all looking at you like, okay, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but we're going to do I it I don't anyway. know, but, but we're just going to get on this ride and not stop until it ends. You but know? I got you here. So here we go. <laughs> Man, just just for the listeners, you know, we're going to put uh, a link to Watoto and uh, how you can kind of find out more about that in the show notes. But I mean, Brad and Rebecca, you guys have been so um, just minded towards uh, this particular ministry and you've built this beautiful relationship over the last 10 plus years. And, you know, I think for me, just being able to go on that trip and I had been on, you know, plenty of trips to to Guatemala and a couple of other third world countries. But I think being able to kind of more specifically bring what you feel like you're gifted at. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, talk a little bit about that. Like, what do you guys do on these camps? I mean, you've got worship leaders, you've got photographers. Is it you know, you're, you're kind of uh, it's like a camp geared towards teaching kids these skills. And yeah, just talk about that. Like maybe share a story from one of the camps that's really stuck out to you guys. So we call it the Watoto Worship Camp. So pretty much mm-hmm. all things church worship and a little bit beyond. So we bring <laughs> a, a band and they're all... So we bring a band to lead worship for camp, but everyone in the band is a teacher um, mm-hmm. or or able, teacher. or able to teach, <laughs> <laughs> willing to teach the students in each particular role that they play in the band. Um, so there's workshops all week long, and then there's a preacher that comes and does public speaking and preaching classes. There's, um, worship dance, um, obviously vocal photography, photography, videography. videography. Um, we added, uh, art. So we had a painter with us the last couple trips. No way. That's amazing. Um, And live sound production. Yes. Um, yeah. We also added, wow. uh, and it sounds silly, but like, so part of this is, is helping skill the talent that's already there. Right. So these kids are mm-hmm. super talented mm-hmm. and they're all, they, they are orphan children that have been rescued and brought into the family of Watoto. They've been adopted by Watoto. This is their home now. And the goal is to rescue them, raise them up in godly character and through them rebuild the nation. And they can, you know, be doctors, wow. nurses, teachers, lawyers, all that stuff. But um, it, they still have a God-given talent um, that are in mm-hmm. some of them for music and the arts. And um, sometimes you just need to give them the resource and teach them how to use it. And then all of a sudden something's coming out and you're like, oh, okay, that's your story. Like your story is important and this is you finding a way to tell that story. Um, one moment in this last camp that we had, and there's, I mean, we could talk for hours on moments, but, um, it was Thursday, the last day and our worship pastor was with us and, 
um, some of the other people from our church, and they were writing with, I think, like 15 kids, a couple of the worship pastors there at Watodo. This is this big group, right? And he uh, he sends me the demo of the song that they did, and he's like, I know it's like in three hours the service, but I think we could pull this song off tonight. <laughs> and I just... <laughs> why I was, not? Why not? Why not? You know? Um, so I just reached out to the the music director for the evening. I was like, hey, Jake, uh, surprise. <laughs> Here's a song. I don't have chords. Take a listen. <laughs> and uh, we went into a rehearsal. They ran it twice, and, and then they led it that night. And it was wow. just beautiful to, like see the kids that were part of that right and the kids that were just part of the camp just like this was their song mm, and yeah. it's not like maybe one day we'll get a demo back you know it's nice it takes time to get all that stuff put together but like right here right now we wrote this we're using it we're worshiping god with it we're worshiping it as community together and um it was just a really cool moment that i i don't think i'll ever forget there and then the kids singing mm. over us at the end is probably one of the most amazing moments that, um, Curtis, I don't think you got to experience that, but this trip, they did it no. twice. And I think, wow, <laughs> that'll send you home I'd, in a, with a tissue box. Yeah, As we're, as we're <laughs> getting ready to wow. part ways, they in Agapella sing a blessing over us. Oh. That's very humbling. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. I mean, Subi, just yeah. the land, the people, mm-hmm. the spirit that's there. And, it's definitely a trip that's going to stay with me for the rest of my life. One story that I'll never forget, you know, we met so many beautiful people on that trip. And I think this was back in 2017 or yep. 2018. 2017. Um, 2017, that's right. And this one boy, uh, he wanted to learn keyboard, but, you know, he couldn't afford a keyboard in his house. And so he actually had this wood plank that he had drawn <laughs> keys on it. And he showed us his fingertips and they all had splinters in them. And I've never forgotten that moment. And it's wild, you know, because I'll get chances to speak to worship teams and I'll just talk a little bit about passion and excellence. And I always use that moment of like, hey, never let what you have in your hands dictate what you can be. Mm -hmm. And just that moment with with that that guy and a man I'm mean, that's going to stick with me forever and I think that's such a huge thing for I mean if any believer has an opportunity to go on a missions trip and and just to see how outside of the US the passion for the Holy Spirit the mm-hmm. the hunger for God's presence it is so um inspiring and humbling at the same time and well, let's talk a little bit about your more recent journey um Rebecca, I'm not sure what the exact time frame was where you were diagnosed with cancer, but just from uh, a distance, seeing you guys walk this uh, path of trust and hope in the midst of all that has been inspiring. Um, man, talk to our listeners a little bit about what that was like and uh, what it's like now today. Yeah. So it was in February 2018. We mm. were getting ready to release an album that we've been working on for for four years. It was really special because Brad had been interviewing pastors across the country, just really seeking out the heart of the shepherd for worship in the church and putting together um, notes from those conversations and then sending them to writers to collaborate with in Nashville. So it was a big, it was a big project and it was a long project and we were just really excited and really focused on that. Um, Mm. And it was one day before pre-release and I, I was in the emergency room. Um, 
Adeline, our youngest, who's six now, she was a year and a half old. And just being a new mother, I had just missed the the growing of a cancerous tumor in my abdomen. And um, we were in an overcrowded emergency room. And it just took me completely, completely off guard, came out of nowhere. Mm. It felt like the doctor knelt down and laid the news on me. And it felt like the floor just got pulled out from underneath me. Mm. The wind, you know, just getting knocked out. And um, it took me it took me a minute to figure out how I was going <laughs> to handle it wow. <laughs> emotionally and mentally. And I really, um, to be honest with you, had to struggle through just some faith issues just with with some stubborn with some stubborn, I had to make some stubborn decisions because, mm. um, it's, it's real easy to just fall into like anxiety and complete fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to just really struggle through those moments. And the best way I, I found to do that was to just saturate the room with, with truths of God's word. Um, mm-hmm. through music. And so music was playing, worship music was playing music that, um, is just solid from, from scripture basically, and talks about God's ability to handle anything, um, and his love for us and his goodness. And then also, um, I made a scripture journal that did the same thing. They just focused, mm-hmm. um, on healing and building a faith and God's promises and his ability to, to follow through with those promises and all in that, like balancing, like God's promises and his ability to heal, but also with his, his will and his sovereignty. And Mm. it doesn't always look like healing, like we want. And I had to wrestle through just (laughs) being willing to be used for his glory in whatever way that looked like. And wow. that was very difficult. It was a, it was a, it was a daily process. It was a daily thing that I had to do. And with the scriptures, like I wanted to read them out loud, read them over myself, declare them into the atmosphere. And sometimes, to be honest, I, I was, like I said, completely overwhelmed with fear and anxiety. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, I physically wasn't able to open my mouth and do that. So I wow. would call in. Brad or my mom was here helping us and I would call in my mom who was ever not taking care of the kids at that particular moment and I would say I need to hear these scriptures and I don't I I don't have the breath <laughs> to do wow. it myself and they would and God would come in in just the most special ways in those moments to just quiet my heart and give him just a, a give me just a unique message in that moment of of his love for me Mm. Um, in my mind, I was, um, you know, struggling with all of that. I was praying for a miracle. I was praying for the tumor to shrivel up and fall out. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's yeah. what I wanted to happen. Yeah. It was like this big, crazy, weird sounding miracle for some reason. I don't know why I picked it, but I did. Um, and the tumor I, was the size of a football. The so. tumor was huge. Wow. It was wow. huge. 
Um, and I just wanted a huge miracle. <laughs> yeah. Firstly, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to die. <laughs> just being wow. really raw and honest with you. Um, but secondly, like, Hey God, you can save my life and bring glory to you, or to your name all in one fell swoop, you know, heal mm. me and let everybody see it, you know? Um, so I was praying that prayer every single day. Um, and it didn't shrivel up. It didn't get smaller. It didn't fall out. Um, and we got to surgery date, which was 12 weeks after diagnosis. And it was supposed to be an eight-hour operation. Two and a half hours in, the surgeon came out to Brad and said, it's all done. She's wow. fine. Um, once we got her opened up, the tumor practically fell out of her body. Amazing. So it was, it was just a message from God, like reminding me that... I could pray all the prayers I wanted and whether I felt like he heard me or not, he was reminding me that he did. Mm. And he was reminding me that he was, he was with me in all of those quiet, desperate moments, even though my heart didn't necessarily open up <laughs> and listen wow. for him in that moment. Um, but also the prayer that we pray, we think it's a super awesome plan but he, but his sovereign will is going to is going to be what what happens and it's going mm -hmm. to be because he loves us and because he's good. Mm. And so the miracle for me wasn't the physical healing um it was the the mental <laughs> yeah. healing the mental miracle yeah. in my mind. Mm. Wow. From him, a direct message from him. You know, it's interesting cuz so many times I mean I think we've all prayed for miracles. We've all prayed for healing at some point and it hasn't happened, but to keep yeah. the clarity of like God is doing something even when we can't see it. Yeah. And, and he may be answering a prayer that we haven't prayed yet, <laughs> or, you know, maybe we've just prayed it in an alternative type of way. And, you know, your guys' new album, Life Again, how appropriate the title. And <laughs> I, I was just listening to it earlier this afternoon, songs like Life Again and Wellness. And it's very clear that, God used that season to put something in you that would go so far beyond just that moment. And as I've followed your story, as many people have followed your story and just have seen your faithfulness and your, you know, it, there's one thing when you're leading worship, um, I think coming out of a season like that, you just have a renewed sense of the lyrics. You have a, uh, wow, these are prayers. These are, this just, has a whole new life again. I mean, not to put a pun on it, but mm -hmm. um, talk to us a little bit about that record, uh, what it means to you guys. And just for our listeners, I mean, so many people probably share that same, um, that same type of pain uh, and how you guys have come out of that season. What does this album mean to you guys? Well, um, the, the funny part is we started the record not knowingly writing it before we released the last record. Um, wow. We were um, having music services done um, up in uh, Redding, California by Heritage, um, which is run by Bethel. And they just set up some rights for us. And while we were there talking about the record and working on all those things, and um, we sat down with Christine DeMarco and we were talking about, you know, the things in life that we try to control, um, finances mm. being a big one and, um, but the Bible says that we're just, we're to rejoice, you know, and again, rejoice in whatever situation, whatever season. And, um, 
so we kind of started and we just started writing that song and had a pretty decent demo, like, you know, piano demo. And uh, then everything happened with Rebecca and um, we walked through that journey, which um, she didn't share, but it was about a 12 week journey, um, which was kind of crazy. Uh, It Mm. started in February. There was tons of issues with insurance, didn't want to send us where we needed to go. And um, then all of a sudden we were all all paid for by them and God moved mountains and, and all that was taken care of. And then became the healing time, you know, like the weeks after months after and somewhere in there, our church said, you know, Hey, we're doing a songwriter round. Everyone bring a song and you know, we can share. So, um, we called up a buddy, Josh Silverberg and, um, said, Hey, we got this song. I really like it. would love to finish it up. Do you have any thoughts? And, uh, he kind of helped us rewrite the course a little bit. And we went to this meeting, shared that song, and I just remember our uh, our creative director, um, Ben Gow, looking across the room at me and he's like, you you realize that's your story, right? And I was like, wow, in this moment right now? Yes, now I do. <laughs> wow. So wow. I just remember going home and sharing that with Rebecca and uh, they ended up recording it and putting it on their church record. Mm. Um, and then we, we released another song called Told It All in 2020. And um, yeah. 2021, yeah. we just felt like, Man, it'd be really good to just put like a bow on this story, this this process of our life, and um, let's you know get together with you know a, a producer and write a couple more songs. And um, called up a friend, Bead, who had worked with us on Hold It All, and um, said, "Hey, this is what we want to do." He's like, "Great, sure." Um, and then seven songs later, we had nine songs, <laughs> and wow, um, it, we were sitting at the table like, "Well, which one do we not do?" And he's like you do them all. I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So yeah. So I was like, all right. And, uh, it's, it's pretty cool to like know that every session we were in something different yet aligned the same way, you know, came from Mm. it. Um, so we tracked the record and then, um, just, you know, God has his way of making it the right timing. So we've kind of sat on it for a little bit, um, not by choice, but, um, now that it's out, we're just really, um, we know his timing was perfect with it. So we're just enjoying that. And, uh, it's been great to, to, you know, our story will never be done. Um, and we won't ever like forget about what God did. (laughs) Um, but it's nice to have this like peace that just has talked us through the emotions of it and the things that we've prayed or the things we've experienced or the things we need to be reminded of maybe we need to look back on in a couple of years and go oh that's right we wrote that we we know that actually we don't have to worry about that so that's wow. yeah and we hope that's the same for people who listen to it that um first and foremost you know the life that god has given us through his son jesus um but we've we've all walked stories and you know whether it's mm. a health thing or a physical thing or emotional um you know understanding the life that God has given us and, and redeemed us from. And it even ties into what we do with Watoto. Um, mm. You know, those kids, they know what it is to have physical life again. They've been rescued literally out of the grave and um, given a chance and hope again. Wow. You know, I love that worship songs can become altar moments that, yeah, you look back on those 
lyrics or you look back on that moment that the song was written and you're like, man, look what God did. Uh, look how far he's brought us. Look how faithful mm-hmm. he is. And uh, I think you guys have a monument to God's faithfulness with this record. I encourage everybody, go check it out. Uh, Life Again, it's on all the platforms. Uh, we're going to have a link to the record on our show notes as well as a link to uh, what Toto and everything Brad and Rebecca are up to. Uh, man, hey, I love you guys. And uh, we're going to have to do this next time in the same room because uh, yes. our call has been cut off several times. And, <laughs> um, but man, just so grateful for you guys. And uh, thanks for giving us some of your time today. Thanks, Curtis. You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit curtisparks.com.